and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Women Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on What's On TV, TV Times and TV and Satellite Week magazine and What To Watch website. And this week, we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 5th of March 2021 and they include the comedy sequel Coming To America starring Eddie Murphy and all four Dutch thriller Amsterdam Weich. We'll also be talking about Disney animation Raya and The Last Dragon and Cold War drama Deutschland 89 on all four. But first, Ian, what's in the news? Well, Hannah, Tim Burton is turning his attention to TV and he's going to direct Wednesday, which is all about the adventures of the Adams Family's spooky daughter. Uh, what's caught your eye? Well, the mayor of Easttown has caught my eye on Sky Atlantic, seven-part series, and has none other than Kate Winslet, oh. um, who plays the part of a detective. And um, it looks incredibly good, a very gritty drama. And I do like a bit of Kate Winslet, too. OK, well, it's another packed week, and I believe you're going to kick us off with a film over on Amazon Prime. I am going to be talking about coming to America. It's back. Um, Let's have a listen to the clip, but this is the second one and it follows the last one, which was in 1988. So I was a very young girl. Now, you will be king. But the throne must pass to a male heir, Hakeem. It appears you have a son. He must be found. Prepare the royal jet. We are going back to America. Oh, hell no, your majesty. Come on! So, as we say, Coming to America 2 um, is a sequel, obviously, but it kind of leaves you... We've been left for such a long time, clearly, since 1988, um, but still has Eddie Murphy in it. And in the first one, you had him posing as this penniless foreign student in New York. And um, he wanted to find somebody who loved him for who he was rather than just his title. And it is a, is a very fun, um, quite a feel-good uh, film, I suppose. And the film did indeed end with him uh, wedding the, the woman that he, that he, who married him for who he was rather than for his title. Now, 30, well, over 30 years later... Um, We want to know what's happened in their marriage. Um, And they're also looking for somebody to take the throne, uh, an heir, I suppose, and they only have daughters. Uh, But there is a son um, that he doesn't know about, and you see him going to America to find that son. And it's just very feel-good. It's it's fun. If you like the first one, you like the second one. I'm not, I mean, you haven't watched the first one. I, I think you probably should if you're going to watch this one. You know, some films you can watch, can't you? And it doesn't really matter. I, I suppose standalone it is still fine. But um, it's it's better, I think, if you've seen the first one. Yeah, and of course it's going to remind people of that, that sort of purple patch that Eddie Murphy had in the 80s where he just was having hit after hit, trading places, the Beverly Hills Cop franchise. And... I've watched some of the first film, just clips-wise, and I, I've read some of the reviews, and I get the impression that just through sheer force of personality, he and Arsenio Hall, who is his co-star, um, they carry it, they make it work, and they, they are doing the thing of playing multiple roles. They're doing that again, 
And in this mm. sequel, uh, there's a bit more time spent in the kingdom of Zamunda, where Akim is. Yes, is there from. is. Yes, there is. And it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and they also, they flash back to find out, well, how did how did Hakim father and heir while he was in, in <laughs> Queens in New York and we flash back to a scene from the first film and they use that um, sort of de-aging uh, CGI technology to be able to recreate that scene and, and show what happened next so that's very clever and um, yeah I mean I just I love watching Eddie Murphy I think he's an absolute delight and um, I've yeah I've very much enjoyed it but as I said before Hannah I'd rather see a sequel to Training Places. But that's just me. Yeah, but but definitely not one to, not another Beverly Hills Cop, though. Talking of cops, uh, perfect segue. Amsterdam Vice is coming to More 4 and All 4 on Friday. It's set in Amsterdam in 1980. It's a Dutch crime drama. As you'll discover, there's a little bit of an 80s theme this week. I really like this. This is about a, new, a detective Judd Cox who is kind of like, it's the classic trope of the young, eager detective who's paired up with the kind of grizzled, cynical partner. And, and this is what happens to Judd. The backdrop is that it's the, we're leading up to the coronation day of Princess Beatrix. And the police have got to tip off that, that there's going to be some kind of terrorist threat on the day of the event. So this is set in the kind of the seamy back streets of Amsterdam, in and around the red light district. You see them going into a brothel to question the people there. And one of the women they're questioning is sort of like, wiping down a dildo while she's answering the questions it's got a nice kind of washed out color palette and it has got quite a dark sense of humor and basically the the case kicks off they they find the body of person that they think is a punk rocker in a canal and the word rat has been carved into his chest so this is the the beginning of their investigation into a potential terrorist attack and and he falls for his partner's sister, who is a squatter. It, it kicks off with this kind of squalid squat where people are taking drugs. And yeah, as, as you would say, Hannah, it's gritty, but it's not without a sense of humour. Now, did you like this at all? Actually, I did, because it sort of plays up on all the stereotypes, doesn't it, of Amsterdam <laughs> that you might have in your head. And of course, anyone that goes to Amsterdam knows it's absolutely nothing like you imagine it's going to be when you get there. I mean, there are these areas, obviously. Um, but I think it treads the line of for somebody like me anyway who likes the kind of the grittiness my favorite word of, of, of something like this but also it has some a fun side as well it's not all dark and I and I think from that's why it appeals to me it made me think of like life on Mars the two central characters but with a lot more prostitution mm. and drugs. <laughs> yeah. as it should be and, and transplanted to Amsterdam <laughs> Now, giving us a little bit of light relief, welcome light relief after that, what's coming up over on Disney? Raya and the Last Dragon on Disney. Well, now, you know I'm a fan of, of, of Disney and this doesn't disappoint. Um, it's an animation, as you'd imagine. Um, let's have a listen to it and then we can chat. Let's catch you up. My name is Raya. Our lands have been at war for as long as we can remember. Our people never see eye to eye. My daughter, I believe our people can come together again, but someone has to take the first step. Now, in order to restore peace, we must find the last dragon. 
they just throw so much money at these things, don't they, Disney? And, and it absolutely shows. But um, this is about a young warrior, Raya. Um, and she embarks on, on a quest to find the mythical last dragon. And the reason she's got to find this dragon is because she needs to unite the warring people of her nation. And you see it. it see, that's, it sounds sort of very um, fighty. And to a degree, it kind of is. But it's done in the way that Disney always does these things. And of course, there's lots of lovely um, emotions, I suppose, along the way of relationships and what have you. And um, it hits the mark. I mean, I think, again, it's one of these things that will appeal to adults and children alike. And I also don't think it's... I don't know if I should say this, but it's it's not particularly gender specific either. You know, you kind of imagine that all the girls sit down and watch Elsa. I'm not sure that's strictly true all the time, obviously. But I, I, I think Disney have really captured, will capture a full audience here. Yeah, I agree. And I, th- I thought it was thrilling, actually. It, it starts off uh, almost like it looks like a scene out of Star Wars. There's this masked warrior who's trundling along on this strange looking contraption. What you discover is what she's riding actually is a pangolin which is uh, sort of armadillo-like <laughs> creature who's her sort of sidekick. And yeah, the backstory that they that the, the film unfolds with about how this kingdom was divided up and how the dragons all disappeared is is really fascinating and well done. And it's it's got some sort of Indiana Jones-type set pieces and some fantastic martial arts. And yeah, this, this lovely little ninja pangolin, which is an absolutely sweet character. But yeah, as you say... It's so cute! It really will appeal to all ages. And I, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Although I would say... So she goes to, to find the last dragon, as the title suggests, to, to sort of combat this evil force called the Droon, which we won't go into now. But when the dragon did join the story, I kind of found it slightly annoying. But that's just me. It's a kind of a go- bit of a goofy character, the dragon. It's, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah. But do you think that I, I, I know exactly what you mean, but I wondered whether it was kind of there to sort of, um, again, a- appeal to yet more another age group if you like even the even the young really young ones yes. because there's something for everybody in there yeah definitely i think you are right the dragon will appeal to the youngsters and I, but i thought yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it and it it really is genuinely very exciting the action mm, it really is i mean they must chuck so much cash at these things and it just it absolutely shows now meanwhile over on more four and all four also arriving on friday i told you there was a bit of an 80s theme we have Deutschland 89. It's the return of the Cold War drama set in Berlin. Here's a clip. Mr. Gorbachev, open this case. Oh, my God! Hello, Martin. Colibri. The CIA? KGB. You get arrested, you get killed, or you get hired. So I don't know if you've followed this series uh, which is basically about a mole who is sent from east germany over to west germany and this is the third series so it's been moving through the 1980s and it stars jonas ney uh, as martin rauch who was basically recruited by his aunt to be a spy for east germany and it's it's a fantastically made show and so we're picking up the action now. This is going to be the last series. And of course, it's just before the fall of the Berlin Wall. 
and I it's it's not I suppose it's not that long ago, but when you think back, it was such a weird situation. The fact that Germany had been partitioned, and also Berlin itself had been partitioned. You can catch the other series on all four, and it, I would say it's well worth watching them just to put yourself in the frame for this new one. But there's also they've also got one of those kind of catch-up reels where it, it very quickly runs through what get what happened in series one and two. The gist of it is that in series one, he was instrumental in sort of avoiding a big a nuclear strike during the Cold War. He then, in series two, he got involved in arms trading in Africa. Yeah, and as we rejoin him, he's sort of recruited for one last job because he's much more interested now in, in looking after his son. Um, but yeah, it's building up to the fall of the Berlin Wall, which is tremendously exciting. Yeah, I think it's an absolutely gripping series, and, and, and quite a lot of it was shot in the actual Stasi Museum, the Secret Police Museum in Berlin, which you can go and visit. And I went, I went to have a look around it uh, when I went to Berlin, and it's a fascinating place. It's got all their sort of spy, spying equipment. So yeah, I would highly recommend this. Is it one for you? Um. I think in the right moment, it's one for me. Um, I'm not sure it's one that I'd sort of pick up on a Saturday evening. I think for for, for many of us, it's sort of um, I realise it's a, it's a it's a drama, but it, it sort of fills in a lot, quite a lot of history, doesn't it? I mean, it is yes. very very interesting, and kind of the concept of there being this wall in the first place is just quite hard to imagine. I remember the Berlin Wall coming down when I was young, but I. It, even now, it's quite hard to understand what that meant and what was really going on. And so, and and, and I think this sort of uh, transports you to that time and actually how serious it all was. And it's sort of, it's kind of been lost a bit. And so, as I say, it kind of fills that potted history that people might have. And especially looking at it from the East German side is, is particularly interesting. Now, mm. I'm quickly going to round up a few other things that are of interest arriving this week on Netflix arriving on Monday the 8th of March there's a French revenge thriller called Sentinelle which revolves around an interpreter for the army who has been traumatised by the war in Syria there's also on Disney we have Dollface that arrives on Friday the 5th of March that's a US comedy about a young web designer who is dumped by her boyfriend Play, uh, and she's played by Kat Dennings. If you like sports documentaries, I don't know if you watched Last Chance You, which was a fantastic series about a sort of low-level college American football team. Well, this is a spin-off from that. It's about a basketball team, and the, the American football one was great and, and very well reviewed. Uh, so I shall be watching that. Now we've got to that point, Hannah. When I ask you. What on earth have you been binging on and why? <laughs> My favourite time of the weekend. Um, so I did um, I did indulge in coming to America, the first one, because it was a long time ago and I needed to refresh my memory. And um, it, it's just, it just lifts your spirits and it's, it, it's very fun. But also a, a real golden oldie. Although, let's be honest, what a... Friends, I mean... I've just watched loads and loads of episodes of Friends and it's becoming something that my daughter really loves as well. Oh, it's, okay. it's one of those... Don't you think it's incredible how something still continues and is still really, really popular and still translates, even though the world has moved on so much? Um, you know, they're making T-shirts for seven-year-olds with friends all over it. You know, it's just... It's, it's a really big thing again. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. It is amazing and... and 
before lockdown there was this there was this sort of friends festival that was traveling around the country where you could go and there'd be like a recreation of central perk or of the living room or and, and yeah it's for a totally new generation isn't it it's, it is remarkable and and in a way you just look at it and think it doesn't really you it doesn't seem to translate to now it's 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 very old fashioned to a degree isn't it with lots of it but they love it and it's and it's quite nice to be able to find something that does uh, cross the generations that everyone wants to watch. Agreed. Now, no doubt you're you're on tenterhooks waiting to hear what I. I am watching. Ian. I am. Well, you know, I'm a huge fan of the animation Rick and Morty, which is on Netflix, which is which is very loosely based on the characters from Back to the Future, but it's 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 very rude and very funny and hugely original. Well, from one of the creators of that on Disney Star, there's a new animation called Solar Opposites, which <laughs> it's basically about these aliens who um, they have to leave their home planet and they crash land on Earth. And, and literally they have a crashed spaceship through the top of their house. And they're now living in suburbia and the kids are going to school. And if you like Rick and Morty, you will definitely like this. So that's great. And I'm always looking for films I haven't spotted on Netflix that I might enjoy. I watched one called Monos, which is very interesting. It's about a group of child soldiers. It's sort of set somewhere around the Colombian-Ecuadorian border. And it's they've kidnapped an American engineer. And it's very much a Lord of the Flies type vibe as um, their sort of little society breaks down and then they have to go off trekking through the jungle with the engineer and she tries to escape and it's uh, yeah it's it's a superb film with an with an amazing soundtrack so i recommend mm. that now we've just got time to look ahead to next week um what are we going to be reviewing well we'll be looking at yesterday on netflix it's a yes it's just something that's going to be great isn't it a family comedy starring jennifer garner and edgar ramirez as parents who agree to do whatever their kids want for one day um can't ever imagine that happening in this house because <laughs> lord only it. knows what would happen <laughs> um, we're also going to be looking at uh, over on netflix again the one which stars Zoe Tapper as a lovelorn detective. Uh, it's a crime thriller with a twist, and I think it may remind you a little bit of that show we really enjoyed recently, Soulmates. Oh, yeah. So we look forward to that, but in the meantime... Keep watching! From Friday the 5th of March, Coming to America is on Amazon Prime, Amsterdam Vice is on All 4 and More 4, Ray and the Last Dragon is on Disney, Deutschland 89 is on More 4 and All 4, Solar Opposites is on Disney Star, and Monos and Friends are available on Netflix.